The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 48. How important is business in sport? another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who will inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be in your profession, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the sports industry. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Alan Seymour. Alan is a university lecturer and consultant where he specialises in research relating to sports marketing and public relations. Also, Alan is a podcaster and he is the host of the Future Sports Show, where he speaks with sport industry experts about key discussions about the future of sport. It's a must listen if you want to be able to work in the sports industry and keep up to date with the new trends and new ideas in sport, with how it's moving forward. For that reason, it's great to have Alan as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Alan will share his sports career journey and explain how important is business in modern day sport. Alan, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Well, what a fascinating and really, really good question to get today's interview. Uh, Ed, first of all, may I thank you enormously. I know you've been a guest on my show. This is a reciprocal arrangement now, so I'm delighted uh, to be able to talk with Ed Bowers this morning and everything to do with the wonderful world of, of sport business. A journey, I think, that's, I, I think a journey is very much a great metaphor and I've been very fortunate that I've chosen much of the pathway of that journey. And I think initially what I'd like to get across to you and your listeners and, and everybody that would be involved in a sports business and a sports journey is maybe from time to time, take the opportunity to step back, to reflect. Much of what I've done, I have to say, has not been rigidly planned and I think that again is quite important in this but you have to have themes and you have to have commitments and passion and sport is all about all of those it's very emotive it's very emotional so my journey has started with commitment discipline passion and I was fortunate enough very early on through some very good mentors my parents uh, my family and I think above all, my determination as an individual that basically recognised through hard work and commitment, everything is possible. I mean, Barack Obama obviously famously said, yes, you can. And, uh, and I think possibly that, again, is a great mantra to have. So in my early teens, in my early days, 
uh, at St. Bede's College in Manchester, and I, I, I want to push them out there. I've done quite a bit of work recently. It's their 140th anniversary coming up very soon. And as a sports, um, not a sports college per se, but as a, as, as, a, as a very important grammar school, as it was direct grand grammar school in my early days, was very instrumental in forming my uh, love of education, my passion for sport, uh, and a lot of other things. And it's quite intriguing for me at the moment to think Pep Guardiola's sons are at the same school in Manchester. Uh, it's obviously got a great alumni in terms of um, sport and sport business with the people who've been there. I did an interview with a guy called Jed Tarpey, uh, who's another former alumni at St. Bede's College, and he's now one of the senior execs in sport and entertainment on Twitter, and he's featured on my show. I was able to do the subjects that I wanted at school. I went from school straight away to Liverpool University. Uh, I had a great sports career there. And then I was invited on to um, a postgraduate course to learn how to become a teacher in sport. I taught PE for a number of years. But then I suppose one of the most important kind of pivotal, and I think everybody has the light bulb moment or the pivotal things. Could I see myself in my mid twenties, late twenties, staying in education for say teaching for the rest of my life? The simple answer to that question was no. I looked around. I was very interested in media, sport, uh, and I actually made the move myself. And again, I think this is another comment I'd make. You know, don't go for the advertised jobs per se. Go for jobs that you would like to have yourself and maybe create them. And I wrote to the Liverpool Daily Post and Echo, very well-known newspaper in Liverpool and the regions in the northwest. Told them who I was. Thankfully, they knew who I was because I played a lot of sport in the area and done a few other things and I was very fortunate they took me on as trainee ad manager I did that I then moved on to work in broadcast media for 10-15 years I had my own consultancy uh, late 90s early 20s and then I'd reached an age where I'd done a lot of what I intended to do uh, in media marketing education and so on but there was something slight well not something there was probably something missing um, I did an MBA uh, I applied or, or put myself in the marketplace um, to get back into education and I was very fortunate to um, be appointed director of studies for a private business school and we traveled the world I traveled the world recruiting students and bringing them to the UK on an MBA program and then because of that, I was able to forge some links with um, stakeholders, other universities, uh, other people involved uh, in the whole kind of educational mix. Uh, and again, I wrote to the University of Northampton uh, suggesting that I might be able to come on board there because I'd made this decision that I wanted to go back into formal education, but at a very higher level, at HE level. Uh, and I was appointed as a senior lecturer at the University of Northampton in 2004. I spent 12 great years there. And during my latter time there, because of my interest not only in PR and branding and marketing, but also my interest in sport, uh, I invented, validated, wrote uh, a brand new degree for them in sport marketing and sport marketing management. And really that's come about and where I'm at now. Uh, I took the decision 
I know you don't think I am, but I'm of an, an age where retirement was clearly going to have to be met at some point. I'll never retire. Uh, but I let the university know that it was time my race was run there and that gave me the opportunity to set up my own uh, sports marketing consultancy, do some uh, writing and to do what I'm doing now, some podcasting and broadcasting. Uh, and I'm loving every moment of it. It gives me the opportunity uh, to do many new things, original things and things that obviously clearly as an individual uh, I can control and that's where I'm at now. Alan that is just so great to hear it like in 10 minutes you've just given the whole story which is great because it gives people a vehicle or a path with regards to their own career. Just touching back though with regards to the sports industry how have you seen that develop during your career? I mean the sports industry like many industries change is important Change is dynamic and change has to happen. And fortunately or unfortunately or, or sadly or regrettably, change for a lot of people is difficult. I accept that. You know, my career, I've just demonstrated some of the changes that needed to be made or some of the, um, the new focus I had, other people would find it very difficult to do. You know, you've got to not be afraid, I suppose, is my mantra. And you've got to take a number of um, judgmental risks, I suppose. And the sports industry, thankfully, has done that and needs to do that. And if we close it down a little bit or contract it a little bit in an indirect answer to your question, sport has necessarily, in many aspects, always been treated as a business. But most people, particularly academically, and maybe even to a lesser extent here in the UK, in a kind of cultural and social sense, I won't say political, but maybe there is a couple of undertones there, has not always seen it as just a business or has necessarily seen it as real business potential. You know, it's always been about, you know, as as maybe people uh, culturally in the UK or Britain would say, you know, it's all about the taking part or, you know, it's all about sports performance and, and maybe a debate that's going on at the moment with Team GB and do we concentrate too much on medal hunting rather than the actual participation. So there's a whole debate there. But what has now become definitely the case is sport has always been about everybody, 8 to 80, front and back page news. It involves us all, and it has great potential to unite and to do lots of things. But that presents business opportunity for brands, for uh, partnerships, uh, for individual athletes. And this has been the biggest change. You know, brands themselves are now been brought up to not only just put their stuff out there and put a logo on it or stamp it. It's been all about engagement. It's been all about activation. It's seizing moments, opportunities. It's bringing that sport is unique. And if you're classically trained in sport and in business, sorry, or in marketing with a USP approach, a unique selling point or find your points of parity or points of differentiation where distinctiveness and competitive advantage are clearly opportune and necessary, well, sport brings all of those things together. So there's been seismic change. There's been gradual and natural change because I think sometimes, you know, the danger for some people is they want to change the world today. And 
I think importantly, and sport needs to recognise this, and the sports brands and the sports uh, sponsorship and partnerships, the people and the brands and the the kind of uh, sectors within sports industry and sport business, therefore, who do better and more and are more effective in this, are those that recognise that planning, uh, progression, uh, preparation. And then ultimately fulfilling the potential that's there. Those are the biggest changes. And finally, I suppose I wouldn't, you know, it, it would be remiss of me not to say that the change is a little bit like, I suppose, um, an analogy would be the the way digital is transforming everything you know you just look at our own behaviors with you know things like uh, tablets and smartphones and everything you know it's virtually redundant the moment you've just got it and, and it's going at such a pace that because of that you know we all have to recognize we need knowledge and we need to be able to tap into all of these trends and new inventions or new innovations and i think sport also is grasping that but a word of caution there may be is that, you know, you have to recognize that you can't be uh, everything at once and you can't be everything all of the time. So the opportunity with sport business, I think, really should concentrate a little bit more on what works, on what areas you want to be in and what areas in sport business that you can do more effectively than perhaps your competition. Just on an employment standpoint, because a lot of the listeners are university sports students, what core skills have helped you be able to work in the sports industry? Because as we both know, it's very competitive. I think you have to develop your own personality. And everyone's got a personality. You know, if you're trained as I have been or you've been involved in, in, in PR, you know, there are natural people who take on roles. You know, not everybody can be front of house. You know, some people might not be want to be at the back. People might not want to be administrators. People might not necessarily have skill sets that enable them, you know, to be uh, the spokesperson or the person who's seen as the kind of head uh, go to communicator or presenter in, you know, an organization or in a skill set. But what you have to have is a toolkit. You have to have a box of skill sets. And in answer directly to your question, be prepared to listen. Be prepared to seek out the best advice. Act upon it. You know, you always have to be a student, you know, even when you think that you've learned everything. So update your skills. Go on courses. Go to conferences. Network yourself. Put yourself in front of as many people as possible. You know, David Ogilvy, to many, many communication students, advertising students particularly, will be the kind of godfather, the guru. And, you know, he once said that, you know, what you've got to do is to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. You know, he almost personifies as a great copywriter and a great intuitive guy who understands everything to do with advertising. He was able to picture and then portray things that other people couldn't see. And in many ways, that's what you've got to aspire to. You've got to find a role in which you can make yourself known for something, be different. You know, and in fact, in my podcast that I've done or my broadcast on All in Sport Talk this week, you know, Ryan Mabilia, who concentrates on developing 
the best in athlete marketing management. And he says to all of these athletes, highlight what you're really good at. Tell people what it's called an inverted pyramid. So instead of the, you know, you put your highlights right at the very top and then you kind of lessen down to a reverse pinnacle, if you like, <clears throat> the incidentals. So always highlight something that you're very good at. Talk about what you are doing rather than what you did do. And, you know, always be prepared to adopt, to adapt, to change. You know, I'm not a millennial. I am not a computer literate person, but I've learned to be alongside them. You know, I've learned to become a, a social media expert, if you like, because I've worked very hard at it. I've embraced the challenge and the opportunity. So in a word or in a phrase or in a kind of final kind of what should go into that, you know, tool set. Knowledge is key, not being afraid and to make yourself known to people. So certainly network. And another final thing I would say to everybody is if you are reticent, you know, if you basically procrastinate or delay, it sends out totally the wrong message. If I get an email from somebody, I might be, totally you know almost you know obsessive about this but you know i'm 24 7 almost i respond immediately if i can't give an answer at least i've acknowledged it and i like to develop that and the communication processes that we have which are all instant today and you've got no excuses because communication is all around us but you've still got to use it properly and apply it and it's got to be relevant communication is not just sending the email or, you know, asking for something or saying, I've done everything I need to. Just like on Twitter, you know, the contact you make is the starting point, not the finishing point. And you then apply that connection you've made. And it's then all about what you do with having made those connections. And, and, and I, I would advise all students, all career aspirants, believe in yourself, have the confidence and faith. And be prepared for the knockbacks as well, because you can learn a lot from some of the, not necessarily the defeats you've had or the failures you've had or the rejections you've had. You know, it's the classic, you know, turn the problem into an opportunity and also to, to stay positive about everything. Because, you know, I always used to say when my students came into my class, and it's the thing that I miss most of all now, my daily contact as a kind of notionally retired out of the classroom. And I did a guest lecture this week at the University of Worcester with a good colleague of mine, John Burkhart, the infamous legend John Burkhart. And the first thing I said to the students on my opening address in my guest lecture, I'm finally back in my workplace and in the arena where I feel most comfortable. And that was in front of students. And, you know, so that's a point that I think all students and everybody should, should, should take on board, you know. And I was smiling as I said it. You know, and I always used to say some students got quite afraid, that, you know, as they were walking into the seminar or the lecture or whatever. I wanted them to bounce into the room. I wanted them to all have smiles on their faces and certainly leave in the same way, because there's no place if you're not enthusiastic and, and, and committed and, and passionate about what you're doing. Alan, that is great. I couldn't agree more with the personal brand element and by understanding that and finding your own inner voice, that's so important as well in the sports industry. Just touching back to what you're doing now, would you mind explaining to listeners what your podcast show is all about? 
Yeah, I was very fortunate. I have a radio show, which is my own. I own the the rights to the radio show that I broadcast every two weeks, every Wednesday from 5 till 6.30 p.m. in the UK. And that's Eastern time, uh, midday uh, in the USA and obviously all the time uh, zones wherever you are in the world. So it goes out globally. Uh, The show is entitled The Future of Sport. I set up a domain with some colleagues of mine at Final Third Media, Chris River, and one or two other connected people. Uh, And the very first conference, sport business conference I did at the University of Northampton in 2010-11, we called it the future of sport, and it was a theme. So I've kept that going. Uh, We have a a Twitter account at FOSConf as well to, 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 to promote some of the conferences that we're doing. And then we'll have this future of sport. So in in collaboration, I suppose, or in connection with Dr. Steve Gennaro, who's based out of York University in Toronto. And Steve had been an entrepreneur. He is a very strong entrepreneur, does some work with Liverpool Football Club, does some work with the Raptors, with ESPN, uh, with Toronto FC. And he'd had this vision and he's continued to deliver on his vision uh, with some of his students and with some other partners. And he set up All in Sports Talk, which is um, uh, an online radio station broadcasting 24-7, mainly in the areas of soccer to the American audience or the North American audience and football as we know it. Uh, And he's built up an audience and and a vehicle and had been doing podcasting for the last five or ten years and and has had numerous accolades for doing that uh, and and has platforms on iTunes and, and SoundCloud and Stitcher. But he was looking for something different on the show. And the only thing that, that was not present on the show was a real kind of talk, this debate, discussion element on how sport and business are intrinsically linked. And he'd heard about me and he approached me. And to cut a long story short, after a, a very little negotiation or discussion, uh, we contracted for me to, uh, to to broadcast here in the UK to the rest of the global audience that All In Sport Talk has and to do a show themed around sport business and the business of sport. And that's how it came about. I've now completed this week. I started broadcasting because the radio station only launched in September 2016. So it's in its infancy. It's grown exponentially. It's grown dramatically. You know, hundreds of thousands of listeners now across the globe. Uh, my own show has got hundreds and thousands listening to it now across various platforms, as I've mentioned. It's an evolving, developing project. It's still in its infancy. Uh, I broadcast episode 14 this week, so that's effectively 28 weeks, half a, half a year of work. And I have some exciting plans little bit under wraps at the moment, but there'll be a lot of breaking news in the next few weeks on how the show, because essentially the show has been a little bit like what we're doing now, informal discussion, kind of uh, one-to-one interviews on topics or on just general discussions about careers and and themes and, and discussion points for listeners. And I've tended to do two or three interviews for, for, per show from people involved, either as students or as academics or as brand practitioners or a combination of all of those. So 
exciting times for the future of sport and, and everybody concerned with all in sports talk beautiful opportunity for me because it gives me the opportunity to keep connected through social media essentially obviously but then through uh, the power of online uh, podcast and broadcast and, and and that's what's the show uh, and, and, and in answer to your question lots more to be developed in this area that is great to hear Alan. just on a personal note relating to your career now what have you enjoyed the most looking back the great reflection for me is one of the hardest things to talk about it's given me a life it's given me a lifestyle and it's given me the total respect on a two-way basis between myself and if you like the partnerships the friendships and the um ultimately obviously other educational business associations that i've had you know everybody talks about highlights you know and if you use a sporting metaphor you know who was the best player of a generation if you continue that debate you know what was the best goal you ever scored you know and i live in the moment you've got to live in the moment so every day is a joy for me every new opportunity is the next best opportunity and the most fulfilling of all but i think the satisfaction for me is there's a certain synergy you know it, it, it's kind of completing the circle and letting that circle you know keep revolving so if i go back to the start of this interview and we talk about the first things that i said you know the classroom the education the teaching and learning experiences have never left me so that's got to be a single biggest highlight that everything I've done, I've been able to do through that. So, you know, I've talked about my old school. I'm continuing to talk about my students, even though I'm notionally retired. But the, the brilliance for me is, and I think probably the highlight would always be, the revolution that has been digital and social media means from the, the luxury of my study here, where me and you are having a conversation, the world is listening. So that's got to be a triumph. I've been part of that triumph. I've contributed to it, but without the other side. And so highlights for me would always include, you know, taking my Northampton University students in 2015 to Florida and meeting some of the great and good in world sport business. I'll never forget that they on their career journey will never forget that you know me playing with some great footballers in my early career and seeing how they've gone on you know watching achievements from students when you meet them and greet them or interview with their parents and you know and then four years three or four years later uh, shake them their hands and meet their parents as they graduate it's a, it's a, it's a flush of real satisfaction emotion and and, and and all of those so i can't really i suppose pinpoint one specific instance as as a highlight but i'm very fortunate to say my career has been a highlight and my career even though some might say you know i'm coming to towards final chapters in that career they still feel as though they're the first chapters so that's got to be a good news story in itself, Ed. Alan, what you've just said is joy to my ears. It inspires me a lot. And trust me, 
you haven't retired you're my age inside I tell you that for a fact and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I like to finish with an inspirational question what advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry I think it's a most important question and you know if I'm brutally honest I need to go a little bit behind that question and maybe a little bit beyond it both from from kind of where the question may emanate from and where it should certainly land the biggest problem that many people in life have today is that they're too comfortable and or that comfort that they have is through a lack of ambition a lack of positivity and a lack of direction now that is not meant the moment somebody says that if i'm saying it i would respect and i think I'm pretty confident, I know actually, that the people who are listening to that wouldn't see this as a negative or as a kind of criticism in a negative way. They would see it very fundamentally as necessary to do in terms of moving it forward. So universities, parents, students, the education system needs to wise up, needs to be positive and say everything is possible. And we want to give them the tools to do the job and we will do everything in our power because the only thing I ever have a problem with is students who never fulfill their potential or students who don't recognize how good they are or what the opportunity presents. And I will metaphorically and I'm being quoted here, so I'm mindful of the quote, but it's given in the best possible um, kind of respectful way. I would almost want to, you know, knock them hard or tell them brutally that you are a failure or you are failing in the hope that you recognize this and then turn that obviously critical and and, and kind of criticism of their status or their attitude into a positive way. The recognition, I mean, an analogy I've often used here is if you've got a drink problem, You will never solve that problem unless you recognize you've got a drink problem, you know. So in some ways, students who never realize or think that because they're attending university, you know, everything's going to be laid on a plate for them or that they're guaranteed a degree. It's your entrance ticket. And you've got then the opportunity to exercise what that ticket has bought you. And you have to play a major role in that. So I'm making that as an advisory comment and an important comment. Once the students recognize this, the world is in front of them. You have a blank canvas. You have a blank check. You have the biggest opportunity ever, and particularly in sport, because through digital, through social media, through great people like you and I and many others that we've referred to and I've referred to, if you go down that route You can plan your own success pathway, and that's key to this. So the positive opportunity, and in doing that, you've then got to be prepared to do things possible. Maybe those who work hard dream most. So in that context, it's not by dreaming great things it's going to happen. You know, the the people who are prepared to work and graft actually – then can dream about how they're going to fulfill the aspirations and ambitions that they have. And everybody can be an expert. Don't say you're an expert in something until you've actually qualified to be so. But be prepared to be confident enough to show your expertise in a, in a skill. And all of the great ideas 
will emanate from originally new ideas that have probably been created in the classroom or by students or by case studies or by conversations and you pick up something. So you're a part of your own success story. Believe that. And then as a consequence of that, the key practical answer to your question in reality is that a student in sport needs to do things in sport. So go and work in an agency, go and spend a day at a conference, do some work, you know, that has volunteering or learning or involvement. And by doing it and showing you can do it, you then have a record. You have a record of achievement, build up your own. You know, I'm a big believer that certification, a portfolio of work, Talk about, you know, you know, like you are doing if you've got a link to your, you know, podcast, if you've got a digital footprint, if you've got a digital CV, if you've got testimonials, recommendations, bring them all out and show them. But don't just then think that's it. In doing that, you will then be saying what it has led to you being being able to achieve successfully and practically today and maybe more importantly, tomorrow when you're actually employed as the brand new sports PR executive or the brand new sports manager uh, for a football club or a hockey club or a rugby club so that you can demonstrate in action. You can do it, is my message to students, and show us how you can do it. Alan, that is a great message. It's like music to my ears, and I really do hope the listeners take what you've just said on board. How can people interact with you? The simple way for people is want to interact with me, seek me out, Alan Seymour, probably for most of my peers, people, my uh, colleagues, you know, followers, the people I'm most connected with at the moment, nearly always DM me on Twitter. So it's Alan Seymour, obviously. Uh, My Twitter handle is at Sport Marketing One. Sport Marketing is one word, one. And I think that's probably where I would, you know, I can give telephone numbers, I can give emails, I can give LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on all of the major platforms. But I think if most people contact me via at Sport Marketing One, and then we can continue, we can connect, and we can develop those. But what I would also suggest, and, you know, I've promoted um, the hashtag, which is FOSC which is on Twitter, which links everything to the future of sport. And there's another opportunity. We'll be doing conferences. We have conferences. We'll be doing exchanges with universities and and other student bodies. I'm doing a massive, massive conference, global education, global business education through sport uh, in the UK, November 9th to the 15th, where some students American students from the University of South Florida are coming over. We're connected with the University of Worcester. We'll be doing things in London and other universities throughout the year. So, again, there's some contact or connecting information there. And obviously, as we've referred to today, you can download the Future of Sport shows uh, from the link at All in Sports Talk. And uh, you can get the free apps relating to that. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all of the links that Alan has just mentioned, they'll be on my website relating to this blog post. Alan, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you very much. Ed, it's been my pleasure as well. And I wish you all the success in the world. 
Thanks for today's interview, Ed. Wow, what a brilliant interview by Alan. This interview for me really defines the purpose of this podcast show. This interview really does highlight authentic career advice if you really want to pursue a career in the sports industry. Right from the word go when Alan describes his career journey, there is clear indication that there's no straight road. You may have to take a left turn, a right turn or even a backward step with regards to your career venture in the sports industry. But these different options create opportunity and that's what's really key. But the biggest lesson I've learned from this interview is that you've got to have a positive attitude. Alan highlights that throughout this show with that positivity and that vibe which wants you or even me to really make a difference to the sports industry going forward. So I really do hope you took on board what Alan was saying during the interview with regards to adapting to change and really get yourself out there from a job applications point of view with regards to your CV or even your attitude to an interview. Really define your strengths and it will define your career going forward. And good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Alan said, those who work hard dream the most. The people who are prepared to work and graft actually then can dream about how they can fulfill their aspirations and ambitions they have. Everybody can be an expert.